This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. With kings you show reverence, humility, honor. But I had no intention of doing that with this child. We weren't looking for a messiah, just seeking to satisfy our curiosity. You understand. Let's see if A plus B can equal C. So this curiosity led me and my companions to the one they claimed to be a king. I must tell you, I'm not moved by emotion. Skeptical for the most part. My colleagues say cynical. (laughs) Maybe they're right. I deal in logic, maps, stars, books, history. So we followed the star. We found the mother and father and the boy they called Jesus in Bethlehem. Yes, I was expecting a child, but well, there he was. The boy who drove Herod mad, who held command to armies of angels, who lured peasant shepherds away from their sole livelihood, this child they claimed to be Messiah. Like I said, I, a king in my own right, had no intention of bowing to this child. I was bound only by curiosity. But then I saw him. And I I felt a a fascination. Something unmistakable. Something I had never seen with my own eyes. Divinity. Since the beginning of time, kings have invented their own wild mythologies of their birth. But this king's birth was foretold by prophets long before he took his first earthly breath. Other kings spread tales to their kingdoms of their triumphs and valor. But this king said nothing. Legions of angels spoke for him. I think of him every day. I went to satisfy my curiosity and and found the answer I didn't know I needed. A Messiah. Good morning and happy Christmas to you. Let's read the Word of God. Matthew 2 verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, 
in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The world will often say of Jesus that he was a good man. He was perhaps generous and kind. He was inclusive. He was a great teacher. And he gave good advice. Good advice for life. All things that are true. But you know what? Before he even said a word, there was something special about Jesus. In my house, we recently watched uh, one of those classic Vicar of Dibley Christmas episodes. And in it, the vicar declares how amazing it is that over 2,000 years after the birth of this baby in a stable, we still celebrate it. And it occurs to me that whatever you believe about Jesus, it is worth acknowledging there truly has never been anyone like Jesus born. No other great person has had such a worldwide shaping, holiday-making influence on life. Jesus was truly special, even as a baby. Spurgeon said this, A stir begins as soon as Christ is born. He has not spoken a word. He has not wrought a miracle. He has not proclaimed a single doctrine. But... When Jesus was born, at the very first, while as yet you hear nothing but infant cries and can see nothing but infant weakness, still his influence upon the world is manifest. When Jesus was born, there came wise men from the east and so on. There is infinite power even in an infant saviour. There is infinite power in Jesus from his first breath to beyond his death. Today, we're thinking about some of those first people heavily influenced by the birth of Jesus. 
The Bible clearly calls them wise men or magi and a carol calls them three kings. So let's just take a brief look at who were they really? Well, let's think. Though there were three gifts, the Bible just refers to these visitors in the plural. So it does not clarify the number of people that visited nor their names. Now, Kings may have come in as a term for these people due to the expensive gifts that they brought. And actually, I think they're easy access to the court of King Herod. However, it is least likely that they were actual rulers of countries and the Bible never translates them as kings. Wise men is a common translation from the Greek word used for these visitors. The Greek word is majoi. I don't know how you say it, Magoi. Wise men is a term that refers to the fact that they have studied and they were learned, clever people. It makes you think of people who use reason and work out or wrestle with big questions to better understand the big things and search out big answers in life. Wise men is a broad term. You know, there would have been many wise men around at the time, but the term magi is a very specific group of wise men who would consider supernatural things as well as philosophy. The Greek term that I don't know how to say, so I'm not going to try again, is often translated magi and refers to a group of Persian priests or sorcerers. Yes, you heard that right. It is likely that these people were into astrology and other things we might now term as occult. They were the people one would seek out to interpret a dream or predict the future. Magi are referred to in the story of Joseph and in the book of Daniel. In fact, it seems that Daniel was made leader over the Magi or magicians, as they are translated in the book of Daniel. Let's have a look at Daniel 5, verse 11 to 12. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans and astrologers. Because an excellent spirit knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now, let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. You know, we know that Daniel carried the spirit of God to bring interpretation, but the ancient Babylonians could not see the difference. Something unusual and supernatural was magic to them. And honestly, our culture is very similar now. As Christians, we find the term magic applied to our faith or to miracles as deeply uncomfortable because we don't want any occultic connection to be drawn and we do not want people to be led astray through other ungodly, seemingly magical pathways. But I think we need to realise that truthfully, a non-Christian, unsaved brain will interpret it all the same. And I think it bothers us more than it bothers God, because he chose those who were known this way to be part of his great big birth fuss of his son, his plan for salvation. 
Because, you know, God's plan for salvation is for everyone. Whether they smell bad and tend cheap, or whether they spend a lifetime interpreting the movements of planets and stars, or seeming to have greater understanding of the meanings of life than the average Joe. Here's the thing that struck me about the Magi. They were from Persia. That is the same area that was once called Babylon. And that is where many of God's people had been carried away in captivity by the rivers of Babylon, yep, including Daniel and his friends hundreds of years before. Therefore, it's likely that the influence of God's people will have hung around long after those people were released. It occurs to me that these particular magi may have been considered so wise because of their learning and understanding that may have been passed down through the generations from that time of those exiled Jews. You know, guys, what we pass down to our children is so important. These guys must have been taught Holy Scripture, as we find them in the account of Matthew looking for the promised Messiah. The greatest prophet these magi would have known, their ancient local lad Daniel, leader of their ancestral group of magi, said this about Jesus. Daniel 7 verse 13 to 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Who wouldn't want to travel to meet that person? Jesus The Son of Man was bringing the kingdom of kingdoms. He would rule with everlasting power and all nations would serve him. Somehow those magi knew the significance of a star that they saw in the sky. I believe the Spirit of God caused them to understand and interpret the signs to bring them at the right time to the right place to encounter the young Jesus. But thinking about it, all that power wrapped up in the package of a child must have been very odd to behold. And yet, they were moved to worship him. Matthew 2 verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. I do believe these gifts were significant as a prophetic picture of who Jesus was and why he was here on earth. But I think they were actually very practical too. Think about it. Gold. Well, that was going to come in very useful as the Holy Spirit was about to resettle Joseph and Mary and their baby in Egypt to escape uh, Herod's plan to kill all the children under the age of two. So actually gold was a very useful gift at the time as well. Frankincense. 
would be a useful, natural, healing tool for all the scrapes and cuts and bruises a child often encounters. Myrrh. Well, okay, that might have less of a useful daily application, but if the prophet Daniel was the source of the Magi's knowledge, they must have realised that Jesus was destined to die for his people because Daniel himself had prophesied that the anointed one would be killed or cut off. These Magi may have used some of what we might consider questionable methods to discover the truth that God incarnate had arrived on earth. But however they knew what they knew, they did something about it. Too many of us want everything handed to us on a plate. Let's be honest. We don't want to put the effort in to learn things for ourselves. We prefer the Bible in easy, bite-sized messages, maybe with a few jokes thrown in. Sorry, none today. Rather than the idea of picking up a big book and working through the scriptures for ourselves. We want answers to our big questions, but don't want to put time or effort into finding them. We sit back and wait for the answers, rather than search and work for them and seek. You know, the wise men travelled thousands of miles to find Jesus. But nowadays, we expect God to chase us down and prove himself to us. Wise men still seek him. The truth about Jesus stands up to scrutiny. I've said it before. I'm not afraid to tell you to go seek him out for yourself. But that does take some effort. If you start looking and then you feel like you are stumbling around in the dark, you can ask him, even before you believe in him, to light your way and help you find your way but then it's still your responsibility to walk it out and make the journey for yourself. The wise men were given a star and then they had to walk it out and make the journey for themselves. And like us, they had to take risks. You know, people might have thought they were mad stepping out and travelling all the way to Jerusalem on the off chance that God's Messiah might have been born in the area. No matter how wise you are, every belief you hold will still have to be acted out in faith. Think about it. It is an act of faith to declare that there is no God and live that way. That's an act of faith. You can't be sure. You can't be certain. It is an act of faith to think a crystal or a piece of rock positioned in your home will affect your mood. It is an act of faith to ask Jesus to be your saviour and give him permission to guide your life. Whatever belief system you have, it is an act of faith when you act on it. Faith is acting on the little bit that you feel is true. And as you do, you often find out more. My daughter's boyfriend just recently asked her to marry him. She said yes, by the way. In this promise to marry each other, they are both acting in faith. They can't possibly know for sure that the other person will make a good lifelong partner, but they feel like it might work and they are acting on the little bit they know to be true right now. 
which is that they love each other and they've built a happy, committed relationship with each other successfully over the past few years. We all want answers to big questions at times, but I wonder, will the answers really satisfy you? And will the answers change the truth? The wisest of people realise that all the answers are not always possible or helpful. You know, Christianity is a faith walk. It is not a cult with an answer for everything. And indeed, that, I think, is one of the reasons it is so right. Because an answer for everything is highly unlikely in this life. However, God knows the things that matter to you. And the background that brought you here. And he alone can bring you, just as he did for those magi, to your knees in front of Jesus, declaring Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The fact is that whatever you currently believe about Jesus, his arrival on earth was unlike anybody else's, because there is no one else in history that is celebrated the world over like this. Today is Christmas Day. That literally means the day of Mass, the day of an act of worship for Christ, Christmas. I encourage you to make today a personal Christmas Day with the little bit of faith that you have right now. Be wise and act on it. If you believe he exists, then invite Jesus to become your personal Lord and Saviour today. Here's a prayer that you can pray with me and you can use to do just that. Pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that we celebrate your birth today. I believe that you died for me and that you are risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me, set me free. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm forgiven, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. May this prayer be my real Christmas day as I bring this act of worship to Christ. Today, I worship you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Saviour. May my life always reflect your glory and peace. Amen. There is infinite power in Jesus from his first breath to beyond his death. So, if today you have taken a first step of faith by truly agreeing with the words of that prayer we just prayed. Well, we look forward to hearing about what God does next in your life. Your act of faith and journey to find Jesus is complete. You've done the first bit. But now begins the greater journey of discovering more and experiencing more of his grace, love, peace and power in your life. We would love to partner with you on that onward journey and to pray for you. So please feel free to contact us here at 
www.thehope.church. And from me to all who are listening, have a very happy Christmas. Christmas.